passage from the Gospel of John that we have just heard is part of what is often referred to as the high priestly prayer of Jesus at the Last Supper. It is more accurately described as the prayer of the Son of God, since it is Jesus who prays as God's Son, for, and in turn for each of these intentions, first of all for himself, then for his disciples, and then for those who will come to believe in Jesus through the ministry of his disciples. In the Gospel, Jesus prays that his Heavenly Father might protect his disciples, make them holy, and empower them to carry on his mission. Because Jesus realizes that he is about to undergo his passion and death, this prayer is a part of Jesus' farewell discourse, in which the main topic is how the disciples might carry on the ministry begun by Jesus. Today, we can learn, more, we can learn some important lessons about the ideal nature of the Church from Jesus' prayer within the farewell discourse. First, we learn that the Church of Jesus Christ must be a community of faith made up of persons who trust in God as a loving parent and believe in Jesus as the revealer and revelation of God. It must be a community of holiness that reflects the holiness of God the Father, the Holy One, a community of holiness that reflects the holiness of Jesus himself. It must be open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit that is instructed, guided, and presented by the Holy Spirit who is sent to stand in the place of the earthly Jesus. From the prayer of Jesus, we learn that the church must also be a community of mission. As the Father sent his Son, Jesus, to mankind, so Jesus sends his followers into the world to share what they believe and to make possible a new way of relating to God and to one another. The church must be a community of love made up of persons who genuinely care about each other, willing to put aside their selfish desires and even subordinating themselves for the good of others. Faith, hope, holiness, unity, the Holy Spirit, mission, and love are the fundamental virtues of the community begun by Jesus and the principal means by which the community can continue to grow and nourish. Love is basic to the Church's life. That elusive word, love, means going out to others, wishing and working for their good and happiness, and staying with them in their times of distress and unhappiness. By creating, redeeming, and caring for us, God has shown us his love for us and revealed himself to be love itself. Having been loved by God, we remain and abide in love. We are to think of love as the air we breathe. It is all around us, giving us life and sustaining us. Christian life is abiding in God's love. St. John goes on to say, Whoever remains in love remains in God and God in him. Not only do we abide in God, but God abides in us, especially when we love one another. So powerful is love that in love God is present to us and we are present to God. The apostles and the other early followers of Jesus found it hard to imagine how their community could continue without the physical presence of Jesus. But the departing Jesus assured them and us that it is better for you that I go, because unless I go, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. Jesus left them and us with the message and the means by which his community would continue to grow and even flourish. 
that message and the means we find in today's second reading. To believe that Jesus is the Son of God is to be born of God, to have become his children. This in turn involves God, God this in, involve, in turn involves loving God and therefore loving his other children, that is, the others who believe in him. And, that, and the means whereby we become God's children is fortified by the graces of the sacraments. We become God's children by keeping the commandments, and which in turn constitute victory over the forces of evil that are in the world. Today we also live in a world where it can be difficult to be faithful disciples. It is such a in such a world, our living and acting faith is of utmost importance. To be a faith-filled Christian is not simply about having an inner conviction, but the courage and the strength to live that faith on a daily basis. As we bless the new baptismal font and new entrance of St. Margaret of York Church, we pause to thank God for the gift of faith and the gift of this parish. We have, been, we have already blessed the new entrance to the church. We enter the church where our faith is nourished and sustained by the word and the sacraments. The very structure of this church and every church is a catechesis of who we are as followers of Christ. The altar symbolizes Christ, and the walls that surround the altar, the walls of the church, symbolize the members of the church, we the people of God. In other words, the very structure of this church building tells us that we are the people of God gathered around Christ, our shepherd. And the dignity of being called the people of God is bestowed on us through the sacrament of baptism. Soon we will bless the new baptismal font of, of this parish. All who come forth, reborn from it, will be joined to Christ, the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. And having received the Holy Spirit of adoption, they will dare to call upon God as Father in virtue of being his children. Today we also remember and celebrate the life of our paternal, of our paternal saint, St. Margaret of York. We thank God for the witness of her example and her holy life. Having converted to Catholicism at the age of 18, she died a martyr's death 12 years later, rather than renounce the faith during the persecution of the Catholic Church in England in the 16th century. We pray that just as St. Margaret remained faithful to her baptismal promises, we pray that through her intervention, we will forever remain faithful children of God. This morning, we, thank, we pause to thank God for the spiritual gifts we have received through the ministries celebrated and fostered in this church and in this parish. We pause to thank God by our participation in the celebration of this Mass, in the celebration of the Sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. This sacrament reminds us that God often uses very ordinary elements to achieve the greatest goals. At the Last Supper, Jesus takes ordinary bread and begins a spiritual banquet for the transformation of the world. As we take time to reflect upon the life of this parish, perhaps we can see here too that the hand of God is present in what might have been taken to be no more than the ordinary routines of a faith, of a faith community. It is a faith community that seeks an increase in the most precious of all gifts, a strong and enduring relationship with God. In this faith community, ordinary people are doing extraordinary things in service to God and others. This could never happen without the ever-abiding presence and love of God.